Welcome back to C2 Montreal. We are live today with Alex Bodman um, from Spotify. Say hello, man. How are you? Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's been a fun day. How's, how's Montreal treating you so far? Montreal, this is my first time in Montreal, my first time at C2, and I've been hearing about them both for years. I, I moved to New York eight years ago, and for years now, everyone's, well, why haven't you been to Montreal? Why haven't you been to C2? And now I'm doing them uh, both for the first time and loving it. Yeah, That's very cool. So yeah. welcome. Uh, I wanted to start with something that was pretty interesting because I was reading your bio. Uh-huh. And the first line has a phrase in there that says, above all, speaks to people. And, <laughs> and I thought that was an interesting thing, especially for like, you know, a creative techno- technological brand. Like, what does that mean? Or is it quite literal? I don't know that I wrote that. So I'm trying to figure out what it means. <laughs> so I, I suppose that they're talking about the work that we do that tries to speak to people. Um, I, I suppose why, yeah, I mean, we, we, we could be seen as a tech company, right? I mean, Spotify started as a tech platform. I like to think of us, and, and we are really a, a culture company, a music company. I mean, right. as, as you know, we're branching even beyond uh, music into other audio content. You know, uh, culture is, is, um, is what really drives us as a company, and tech is what enables us. And, and I sort of work at, at the juncture of those two in terms of building communications and building a brand around that. And yeah, I think when, when quote-unquote tech companies or tech innovations come along, they can struggle to find some sort of meaningful connection with with consumers, or as I like to call them people, because that's, kind of, <laughs> that's kind of what they are. But uh, it, it, my, my career has been hopefully shaped or formed by like trying to find some level of authenticity and interest beyond just pushing a marketing message at someone. Do you find there's a struggle like with your role uh, internally at all where, you know, I, I want to convince the my teams and the other people, the tech teams that, and stuff that these are our people and you're balancing out between what the tech can do and what people are ready to actually, you know, engage with? Yeah, I mean, you know, in, in tech, tech people can get a bit of a bad rep because in one sense, they really are incredible at knowing people. Like if you build a brand like Spotify, you're always thinking of, and this is another word I don't like, I don't like consumer and I don't like user. Yeah. But the tech folk really are, they're always thinking user first. Like who is this person and like what do they need? And so they have a great amount of, uh, of empathy. Um, but it can't always be easy when you've built this brilliant product. It can't always be easy to see necessarily what the value of marketing or this idea of a brand might be when the product in and of itself, you know, presumably might just have enough converts to like build and grow. Right. We're really lucky over the last few years that we've been able to demonstrate that value and um, hopefully make the tech teams kind of proud of the brand that represents the product they've built. And so now we just feel that support, you know, when we need data, when we need some sort of like playful use of the platform. We've done the work over the last few years of building trust and building excitement. You know, I'll run into tech people in the corridor now and they'll be like, I saw that campaign out there and I felt proud. And I'm like, well, thank you. You've been making us proud for 10 years. I'm <laughs> yeah. glad that we can like, you know, put put what you've built out into the world. Well, that's interesting in the, in the, the thesis of C2 this year is about transformative collisions, yep. right? And you, here you've got tech and creatives kind of colliding in a good way, right? Yeah, yeah. To transform. Yeah. Like, what have, what have you learned about that? Like, whether it's creative negotiation or emotional connection or just inspiring people or like what are what are some of the, the points that you've learned about that yeah i mean i'll tell you, i haven't actually talked about this campaign today because i've been talking a lot about uh connecting with culture so this is an exclusive this is an exclusive i've talked a lot about connecting with culture today i've talked primarily around interesting uses of data but the campaign we have live in uh, market at the moment is um actually supporting our uh, sort of free product which the the tech team has been spent the last couple of years updating and making 
you know, even more exciting, really, really great experience on, on the free side for people. And we wanted to build a campaign around that. And it's only natural, like they've spent like a year and a half building it. You know, they're going to have opinions about how you want to market it and like what, what it should mean and what it should stand for. And we were all, all about listening to that. But, you know, there was also a really um, respectful conversation of like, you've nailed it. Now it's on us to nail it. And there has to be like some sort of period where we pick it up right. and then we make sense and talk to people. Um, but we said, like, trust us, we're going to look at what you've built and stay true to it. And part of the new free product, um, uh, if you use it, is for the first time ever, there's like a love button, a heart button, much like you would have on social. And so if you're hearing a and song... And like on your socks as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all about love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if, if you're hearing a song, you're feeling it, you can just color in that, that heart button and like tell us that you love it. And the algorithms will start optimizing towards that music. It's basically a constant feedback loop. And we looked at that and we're like, why haven't we had that in our product before? Because like love and music, they're inextricable. 90% of songs are about love. Like nothing's easier to love than music. You know, we have such deep passions for it. And now the product was reflecting that. So I said, look, the product guys have already figured this out for us. It's about love. And so the whole campaign we built was about love. And then we found like the cheeky tensions around, you know, hidden love and guilty pleasures or what happens if you love a song too much and then it starts to drive you crazy. And so we got really playful with it. But, you know, at the end of the day, they had to trust us. And then they were so thrilled that we started with their invention when we built it out. And uh, so, yes, it should be collaborative. Yes, it should be respectful. But you do need delineations. You know, I'm not going to jump in and tell them how to build a product. Right, uh, right, so. right. No, so it's a, I, I like to look at it as just an exchange. Right? It's ex exactly right. Like and, we can give value to each other yeah. and, 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 you know, really and do that with respect. And yeah. I find that with a lot of teams where it's like there's almost infighting, right? Of yeah. Like, yeah. oh, we can't do that. But you have to do it. But we can't do that. <laughs> um, well, you talked about this playfulness. And there was another, I'm going to quote your bio again. Okay. Because you didn't write. Um, it says, it says you're an expert at using industry or sorry, interesting and unexpected aspects of data. Um, kind of like define and, and dive into that. I know yeah. sort of the like, you know, 2016, you were weird sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and using the data. But like, where, how do you f extract those yeah. and find those uh, weird nuggets of, of information? Yeah, so we've become known for, for using data in campaigns. There was the Thanks 2016, It's Been Weird campaign, the 2018 Goals campaign that followed it up, uh, where we find these user behaviors and, the, and we look into the way that uh, these music fans love and you know the, the way they're using our platform. And then we take that and we try to turn it into compelling communications that even if you're not on the Spotify platform, you could be really intrigued and like you know yeah. find some human truths there. And data is our tool to do that. It's It's not... You know, our goal isn't to, to give people numbers, it's to find interesting human behaviors. And so we work with the, um, the data insights team and we start with like a thesis. We kind of like, all right, so Valentine's Day is an interesting day. Uh, can you dig into like songs that seem to like trend a lot there? And like they might come back to us and go, well, actually, you know, Justin Bieber's Sorry, weirdly, is more popular on, on Valentine's. My favorite one. Yeah. So like then we'll look at that and we'll go, okay, was there someone who like listened to that like a ton? And they'll be like, oh, there were heaps of people. And there's one person who even listened to it 16 times on Valentine's. And we're like, okay, then we've got our insight. Like somebody was feeling really sorry on Valentine's Day. And then we can kind of build something out of there. So that was me, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You don't, ne you don't need to tell me what you did. It's fine. You can, we're live. Okay. You can tell me later. Um, so I, I think it's, you have to ask or interrogate the right questions. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's great. And I, I think what it does is it distinguishes you from competitors, especially like there's a lot of copycat syndrome. Like you see one phone commercial and there's dancing yeah. and the phone's <laughs> dancing and it's spinning around. And there's colors flying across the screen the next phone manufacturer does the exact same thing and so does the third one there's yeah. like sort of there's a t a trend i guess but yeah. you've you've defied that so how do you manage 
against competitors, you know, yep. from a creativity standpoint? Yeah, I mean, we we don't spend a lot of time thinking about the competitors. Not not I'm sure as a company we do, but as communicators and as the team sort of making these communications and the brand, we focus more on what feels true to us. Because if we do that and we do that authentically, then we'll always be different, right? right. You know, because we're a different kind of company. We're ten years old. We came from very unusual background. Um, you know, we have been disruptors. We do care deeply about the people who use our platform. We do care passionately about the music industry. If we can tap into all of those truths and then just just tell them, we'll be fine. The, the, the competition will take care of themselves. So from that, our sort of insight is that like there's nothing more boring than talking about yourself. And you know, and like you talk, you said you talked earlier about talking to people, but we've all been to that that party and there's like that incredibly cool, incredibly good looking, like charismatic person that like after three minutes you just want to get away from because all they're doing is talking about themselves. And in a way for like decades that what that's what brands have done. Right. You know, we're the best, we're the greatest, you know, um, we're fantastic. And, you know, by the way, for only three ninety nine, you know, and, and that's kind of been the modus operandi. And for us, that would that just feels like irresponsible, basically. Like we happen to be at this juncture of like, you know, tens of thousands of the most creative, compelling people in the world, the artists and the creators and the, the podcasters now on our platform. And then on the other hand, we have like over 150 million people who are passionate about music with their own quirks and, and, and everything else. And like, we would be crazy not to be telling those stories. Right. And, and that's that's what our job is. That's not to say that you shouldn't have a personality or a clear point of view. Like if you go to a party uh, and you spend the entire night, you know, just like, you know, not having a personality or point of view, but you should be curious. You should be wanting to, you yeah. know, to tell stories not about you, but about other things, to hear stories from people. You might have a very strong personality. You have to be a good observer. Yeah, right? you have to be and, a good observer and ask yeah. the right questions, but you can also have a ton of personality. And that's that's our challenge. Like how do we tell these stories? Yeah. And then do it in a tone of voice and in a manner and in an appearance that feels consistent and builds a brand. Yeah. And, and so industry-wise, you know, you hear a lot of chatter around fair treatment of artists and whether, it's not, whether or not it's fair or who's getting paid and who's not getting paid. And we as consumers don't know, but it affects our, you know, affinity for a brand. Can you use creativity to combat that? Because I think what you've yeah. created is very inviting, but is there... A, is there anything that's deliberate in, in the things that you guys decide to create? Um, I mean, one thing that's been really exciting in the last year and a half is how much time we spend on artist marketing. And so, the, and, and that really is about supporting the creators and, and showing our, our passion for their releases and, and their, um, the songs that they're making on our platform. So, you know, we probably do over 200 artist marketing campaigns a year um, from some of the most emerging, like right from the, from the grounds up type of artists um, through to some of the biggest artists in the world, the Ed Sheerans, et cetera, right. where we're supporting them. And we try to bring them not just, oh, we'll buy you some billboards, put our logo on it and do that. We try to build them like, uh, bring them creative ideas that will like amplify what they're doing. So like in two weeks ago, my team was in LA with Ray Strummond, like building out this like post-apocalyptic beach party in the middle of LA and for like their hundreds of the biggest fans and then creating video content out of that. Um, I, one of my favorites was one of the first we did where Gucci Mane had just been released from prison and he had a new album, Everybody Looking, and he wanted to like pay back the fans who'd stayed with him, but he was under house arrest at the time. So it was like, how do we, you know, send a thanks? So what we do, did was took his iconic face tattoo. Mm-hmm. And we turned it into a. Like we created ice cream um, trucks, and we sent them around to the neighborhoods that, in real time, were listening to his album the most. And we called it "Everybody Licking" instead of "Everybody Looking." And there's been like, you know, and that became a, tr- a Twitter trending topic, etc. But that's the type of uh, sort of mix of playfulness, respect, creativity we try to bring to artists. And by doing that, they can see how much we we value their work, and that's yeah. sort of the role our team plays in that. 
where do you go? And this is our last question. Yeah. But where do you go for inspiration? Because it, it sounds like you like if you don't look at the competition, you're kind of looking at like <laughs> Gucci Man's face tattoo, right? Like there's <laughs> like where are you looking at art? Are you looking yeah. at you know cuisine? Like where does your inspiration come from? Yeah. No, I'll say a couple of things. I I, I think I feel like um, myself and my team we're a little bit um, we're a little bit spoiled in that you know it's not hard to get inspired when you have those incredible artists on one side and then you have all these 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 incredible listeners on the other and so in one sense we do have that unfair advantage but i'm a strong believer that one thing this industry is doing is almost like um working its staff in a way that will guarantee mediocrity and the same result because we've got to a point where like the average creative working in an advertising agency just settles for the fact that they'll have a 12-hour day and that weekends are like a treat you know if they if they manage to get their weekends and that's not all agencies faults there's a number of, of things contributing to that sure. my team creates a ton of work they work damn hard i'm so proud of them but you know i, I want them out at 6 p.m at night i want them to have their weekends and and that's not because you know, uh, I believe in, in not working hard. It's because I want them going out and living a life, going to exhibitions, seeing concerts of artists that they might not have thought before. And that's what they'll do if they have that time. And then they will come in refreshed. They'll come in inspired and they'll come in like not just looking at the four walls around them and the other ads they're seeing on the trades, you know. And uh, to me, that's the important part. Inspiration should come from life. And like you need the chance to have a life if you want to be a creator. That's beautiful. That's beautifully stated. And thanks to you, I go to Toronto next and I'm going to the Post Malone show and I discovered the tickets on Spotify. So. Amazing. Well, that makes me very happy. Boom. That makes me um, happy. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure. This has been great. 